the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. Larry Rosenthal is a registered representative offering securities and advisory services through Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, a broker, dealer, and registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. Satera is under a separate ownership from Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Rosenthal Wealth Management Group is located at 9265 Corporate Circle in Manassas, Virginia, and can be reached at 703-330-3100. Chris McKay is not affiliated with Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, nor Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Bob Jones is a marketing assistant of Rosenthal Wealth Management Group, and is associated with Satera Advisor Networks, LLC. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Well, welcome once again to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. And here he is in studio with us, live and looking good, as he always does. Good morning, Larry Rosenthal. Well, good morning, Chris, and how are you today? I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> doing pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's I good to out, see I, you. I found out who was pitching tonight or the whenever this weekend, for the, for the whenever the game is. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's a good thing. You need to be up on the baseball, Chris. I'm not the baseball guy. You guys, if you join us a little bit early on uh, LarryRosenthal.tv on YouTube, you'll hear a little bit of baseball talk. It's just how it works. So. Uh, you usually hear a lot of bit of it, right? <laughs> a lot of bit of it. You got it. Definitely, definitely. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. And, uh, you know, again, it's Saturday, but it is also Father's Day weekend. So happy Father's Day to everyone out there. You know, I I hope that you are successful in any grilling that you're doing or whatever it is that you're doing today or tomorrow, I should say. So I think uh, everybody here is fathers. I think we're all dads. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Happy Father's Day to to all y'all as well. So very, very good. Hey, so, you know, again, open mic Saturday. No questions barred at all. Give us a ring with any of your financial planning questions, your concerns on the stock market, the economy, what's happening with the Federal Reserve, what's going on in your investment accounts. Give us a call at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123 to reach us live here in the studio to help answer your questions. We want to continue to drive power and education to you in your financial planning and investment management. Uh, so this week was a big week. It was a huge week with what's going on. We actually had a monetary policy change, one we've been waiting for. But it really didn't sound like what we really wanted to hear uh, on, on Wednesday when the, when the markets came out uh, or when the Fed came out and said, we're going to pause our interest rates. We've been waiting for this day for, for 14 months now. The Federal Reserve has been raising interest rates for 14 months, 
And finally, they hit a pause. They said, all right, we're going to stop. We're going to wait. Only to say in the next breath, but it looks like we're going to have two more rate hikes before the end of the year. So this is being called a hawkish pause. What does this mean? Does this mean that the Fed's trying to jawbone down the markets, trying to say, hey, wait, you know, we don't have the all, 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 all clear, the green shoots yet. You know, what, what is really happening? So, <clears throat> so basically the Fed is saying those two things, we're pausing, but we're going to raise in the future. Well, why not just keep raising, right? And then on the other hand, they're saying, well, we have to wait a little while to see how the the past 14 months rate hikes have really affected the economy. So they're going to be a little data dependent on this, which is a good thing. But, you know, the Fed just wanted to let everybody know they're still in the batter's box. They're still in control. They're still going to try to beat down inflation, which is a good thing. Lots of dis- di- uh, different types of estimates are out there right now. And, and uh, on Thursday, the market shot up tremendously uh, as a result of the Fed pause, everybody digesting this. Friday markets were down a little bit. But all in all, uh, the, the, the markets are having a good year so far this year, which is surprising to a lot of people. Here's what we've seen. Well, first, let me just con- continue with some more Fed talk. Uh, we've got the ECB. So our Federal Reserve in the U.S. pauses interest rates. Your European Central Bank uh, raised interest rates this past week, and the People's Bank of China lowered interest rates. So you've got three different big economies happening, the U.S., Europe, and China, all doing different things with their central banking. Pretty interesting dynamic there, and 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 uh, you know everybody's running their own their own different way right now, as it should be anyway. Uh, but that should g- gives you some context as to where things are. You know, China is lowering; they're stimulating because their economy is stalling coming out of their recovery, whereas the ECB is still saying, you know, hey, look, they only have one mandate, and their mandate is inflation, not maximum employment as well. Our Fed has inflation and maximum employment. Uh, so so those two things argue against each other. Uh, some estimates uh, talking about in, um, uh, unemployment rising the end of this year into next year up to about 4, 4.1%, down from 4.5%, which is great news. That still means that's a fully employed economy. So possibly we are really looking at a soft landing here. Uh, with this Fed cycle going on right now. So to be determined, still down the road, still today, remain diversified. As economic data comes out, move a little bit more to the offensive side of the ball from the defensive side of the ball. But you still need to be diversified and nimble uh, with, with everything. And, and you know, and, and it's really important to understand what your risk-adjusted returns are to see how you're mapping out against the markets. You take a look at what your your beta measurement is times the mean of, 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 of the markets, and that gives you your risk-adjusted returns. You know, So basically, it's just a quick little formula to see how you're doing, because a lot of people that, that are, you know, you, you take a look at, 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 at different age groups, people 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, all the way up, you know, as you get closer to the point in life when you start to need money back, 
you might start peeling off some stocks and moving them to bonds. Typical 60-40 portfolios, 70-30 portfolios, 70% stocks, 30% bonds. And then you start comparing it against the S&P 500, which everybody tries to, to, to look at. And then all of a sudden you realize, well, wait a minute, I've got 30 or 40% of my money in bonds. That's not a fair comparison. So that quick formula that I just gave you gives you a risk-adjusted return as you're comparing it against the market. That really tells you how you're doing on a risk-adjusted basis. That's the number you really need to look at. But the most important thing that you need to look at when you're when you're digesting and you're and you're dissecting and you're analyzing your portfolio is not how you're compared against the markets not how you're compared against your friends or your neighbors but your own personal financial plan how does the latest economic data the latest market close the latest balance sheet in your in your personal financial plan how does it compare down the road are you on pace to accomplish your financial objectives college funding, retirement planning, new cars, vacations, weddings, the whole nine yards, are you able to, it, does your financial plan show that you're on pace to accomplish that? That's what you're in competition with, not the stock market. And I, 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 I've told people this for years and years on TV, on radio, our clients, our clients understand that. They're in competition with what their goals are. Whatever the stock market is doing, how are your goals being effective, right? That's what it's important about is your own personal financial plan. So so this past week, we've got the Fed kind of in our rearview mirror a little bit, but not totally. You know, listen, if inflation starts to rear its head again and starts to tick upward, the Fed's going to come back aggressively. But if the inflation continues to drop the way it did this past week, we were at we were at June of last year. We were at 9.1% on the inflation meter. Last month, we were down to 4.9. Right now, we're at 4, okay? So, and then, so inflation right now, year over year, is at 4%. If you look at month over month, the inflation figure is at 1.2 hmm. annualized, okay? So there's two things left to really break in the inflation formula, and that is food, okay, uh, and, and OER, owner's equivalent rents. Those are the two things that are keeping inflation sticky at this particular point in time. Is that also what's keeping the interest rates up pretty much, do you think? Yeah, so so as inflation rises, Chris, the the uh, Federal Reserve will then raise interest rates as a result to slow down the economy. So when you raise interest rates, it makes it harder for people to buy things on time, to buy a car, to buy a house, okay? So it slows down the overall economy which drops spending, which then will bring prices back down. That's what the objective is when you, when you look to see where inflation is. And, and, you know, if you take a look at it right now, the United States Treasury bill for, for a six-month T-bill is a little over 5%, and that's right where the Fed's fund rate is at five and a quarter, hmm. you know. And, and, you know, I was, I was, we were, we were, our investment policy team was doing a, an analysis this past week on history and it was it, well, we were talking about it, and it was it was kind of interesting. We do have some younger advisors in the business, and um, uh, as well as some some older ones, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so, so uh, I resemble uh, that remark, but I'm not an advisor. But yeah, I got you. There you go. There you go. <laughs> but but what we were talking about is you know since 2008, 
you know, the Fed has really stepped in and sort of economically engineered every bad thing that's happened, right? And and some people are, are purist and saying, well, they shouldn't do that. You know, they should stick to their mandates. But but I get it, right? They they want to make sure that things continue. And 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 I think they've done a, a pretty decent job over the long term. Anyway, my point is this: is when you take a look at the last 50 years of inflation, we're right on that average right now. Even longer, it's 3.74. We're at four, right? So since 2008 through 2020, uh, through 2021, we've had inflation below two, 1.8%, 1.5%. Every once in a while, it'll jump up to two, 2.1. But it's been consistently since 2008 below 2%. Okay, this is now we're starting to revert back to the mean of this. Okay, that's why it's important to really take a good look at what inflation rate you're running in your financial plan. We've been running the long-term historical rate all the time, even when inflation's been low the last 12 years or so. We're just, you know, not not buying into that artificial lowness of inflation. But, but that's what you're in competition with is your own personal financial plan, not the stock markets. So, hey, when we, we're going to take a quick break here. Let's open up the phone lines. Give us a call this morning at 855-ROSE-123, 855-ROSE-123. <laughs> 855-767-3123. I'm Larry Rosenthal. You're listening to Making Money Sense. We'll be back in a moment. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. still too many countries that give little or no assistance to disabled children. In third world nations, these children could be left alone while parents try to eke out a living. About 10 years ago, residents of Prince William and Fauquier counties in Virginia formed Children with Disabilities Fund International. It focuses on the needs of disabled children. CDFI's current work in Jamaica and Kenya supports about 300 disabled children and their families. For some of these children, they're getting the care they need for the first time in their lives. CDFI recently began an individual child sponsorship program in an effort to better meet the needs of these disabled children. To choose your child to sponsor, go to thecdfi.org. That's the cdfi.org your gift will help transform not only a disabled child's life but the lives of their parents and of the surrounding community go to the cdfi.org make a difference go to the cdfi.org
Call right now with your questions, 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Coast to coast from the nation's capital, this is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Welcome back to the Larry Rosenthal Show, 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. To talk to Larry Rosenthal here in studio with us today. Larry. Uh, which was a lot of fun. We had a lot of people on it from all over the country. And we were focusing on the SECURE Act uh, changes with IRA money that is directed toward a trust as your beneficiary. So if you stop and think about this, you know, you you have your life savings, uh, a good amount of it anyway, saved up in your retirement plans at work, 401K plans, 403Bs, the government TSP, so forth and so on, right? And your, your, your IRAs, you roll them out to your IRAs or you save money in IRAs. And the SECURE Act has really changed the game when it comes to tax planning with your IRA distributions um, to your beneficiaries. And, and, and a lot of people will name individual people as beneficiaries on their IRAs. And a lot of people, for different reasons in their family, will also name a trust. And there are some very quirky rules under the SECURE Act. And we had a couple of attorneys on this past week on our webinar. We did two webinars on uh, Thursday this past week and and um, just got lots of Q&A, lots of questions and things. We're going to continue doing that because we need everybody to understand what the tax issues are when it comes to uh, the the IRA distribution planning for yourself, the new RMD issues, as well as if somebody passes before they're 72, 72 or younger. If an IRA owner dies before they're, when they're 72 or younger, there's one set of rules. If they're 73 or older, there's yet a second set of rules. If your spouse is named as your IRA beneficiary, and you're under 72 or under, a different set of rules. 73 and older, a different set of rules. And then if you name your trust as your beneficiary and your spouse is is 72 or under, you have a different set of rules if your spouse is the ultimate beneficiary through your to your IRA through the conduit of a trust. So there's, there's actually six or seven different sets of rules that you have to go down on the ro- down the road to the ultimate beneficiaries as a result of of the new Secure Act, uh, so it's really important. So we're going to be continuing to talk about this. The big issue here is please pull out your IRA accounts and look to see who your beneficiaries are. It's really important. Are they per capita, per stirpes? Is it to a trust? Do you have multiple beneficiaries that are designated as a normal, as a as a designated beneficiary or a non-eligible designated beneficiary? There could be severe tax impacts when it comes to your distribution planning of your IRAs. Let's go ahead and welcome Paul on the line from Maryland. Good morning, Paul. How are you today? Doing good. Thanks for having me on. Sure. How can I help you, sir? Yeah, so two questions real quick. One is, um, you mentioned inflation, but I always reflect back, and I don't know if this is true or not, to, uh, you know, I've heard comments in the past that they they pulled certain factors out of the inflation rate that, and to me, it's pretty huge, uh, which was housing. Is that true or is that a myth that uh, 
And you did mention debt, uh, I mean, cost to, I think you said cost to rent, which obviously is a housing factor. But um, I, I just think, I mean, it seems like real estate has gone up so much in the last 30 or 40 years that to pull that out of the equation, it, it really makes it seem very different than it really is. Is that true? So over, over the course of time, they have changed the calculation of inflation, okay? Um, right. But real estate is still in there. It's called OER, owner's equivalent rents, because you have, you have real estate. You might own your real estate, and then there might be somebody who owns a rental property next to you, owner's equivalent rent. What are they getting for the rent of that real estate, right, or an apartment complex, something like that. So that's all lumped in together as to what is the cost to live in shelter, housing, okay? Now, okay. Um, yeah, so, so when you look at the inflation numbers that come out each month, they do what they call headline inflation, where they put all of it packaged together. What is that number? Right now that number is 4%. Then when you strip out a couple of things, okay, it's either going to go down or up, because they want to drill down. Like if you take a look at core inflation, okay, uh, core inflation basically strips out, you know, food and energy prices. And that's at 5.3%. That's at, uh, so that's still a little sticky, which, which means, okay, well, energy goes up and down a whole lot, and so does food, okay? And, and so when you strip that out, you can now take a, a deeper look into core. What is it? For the, for the cost of a T-shirt, what is it for toothpaste, all that kind of stuff. So they, they, they pull different things out and run different numbers just to see what's, what part of inflation is really being the problem that they want to try to go after. Oh, I see. And right now it is food, basically, and uh, owner-equivalent rents that are the only two things that really haven't – if you strip those two out, inflation's running at about 1.8%. Okay, if you strip those two out. So those are a big number on the inflation scenario. But at the end of the day, the Fed has – we have to understand what the Fed's mandates are, Paul, and that is price stability, which means managing inflation, and maximum employment. And both of those things argue against each other. You can't have maximum employment and inflation under control because when you have maximum employment, wages rise, wages go up, Right. So the Fed needs to, to bring down inflation, and they're trying to do it in such a way that they don't break employment and the economy where all of a sudden people start getting massive layoffs and inflation goes to 6, 8, 10 percent. I mean, unemployment goes to 6, 8, 10 percent. Then they've got a whole new set of problems. Then they're going to have to lower interest rates and stimulate new growth in the economy. So they're trying to produce what's called a soft landing, bring down inflation without breaking the unemployment side of things. It's taking a while, okay? And this is a very interesting scenario economically right now. We have high interest rates, spiking interest rates, okay? We, are, we have become more dependent on foreign energy, and we have a very strong consumer who's still showing up and very low unemployment. Uh, we're seeing more and more layoffs in the technology world as uh, advances in, in artificial intelligence, which is something I want to talk about this morning anyway, are, are coming on board uh, and things like that. But that's the bottom line right there. So, so whether, whether we're looking at uh, the, 
the Federal Reserve's formula or whatever, what you need to do to make sure that you can keep your purchasing power. This is important. You have to maintain your purchasing power over time. So the, what, what, you, what you need to do is you need to have a financial plan and then stress that plan out. Take a look at running inflation at the historical norm, 3.74%. Okay, we're at 4 today, right? Run it out. Then run it out at 5%. Run your rates of return out at 5%, 8%, 10%. Stress out your financial plan because the last thing, what, what happens when people lose purchasing power is they don't realize it right away, but it takes years to develop that they lose purchasing power, and it hits them really in their 70s when they realize, you know what, I just don't have enough to feel comfortable about getting my loaf of bread anymore. Uh, I'm going to look to an alternative, a cheaper type of bread. You, you have to be earning an aggregate about 8.2%, 8 8.3% long-term rate of return to get a net 2% realized after taxes and inflation. So that's the big deal right there is, is really monitoring how you're doing in your own personal financial plan with it all. Sorry I went down the road there a little bit, but that's, that's the real answer to it right there. Okay? And Appreciate if you like, it. yeah, if you like, I'll be happy to send you out our financial planning toolkit and you can start developing your, your plan off of that, okay? Sure, it'd be great. All right, I'll put you on a quick hold, and Bob will get your contact info, and we'll send that out to you. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123 with any of your financial planning or investment questions on anything at all. Uh, you know, and, and that was a good good point Paul's talking about here, and and I want everybody to understand the the – the dollars that you have today have to continue to grow to outpace both taxes and inflation. That's the secret. That's the key to it. Long term, that's what has to happen. So, hey, Chris, one of the things I want to talk about today also was um, um, a <clears throat> uh, very hot topic out there, AI. <laughs> okay. Very hot Artificial topic. Artificial intelligence, yeah. Artificial intelligence. It is the buzz yeah. right now, that's for sure. There's no doubt about it. Okay. Comments are all over the place with this, right? They are all over the place with this. Bad actors, good actors, all different types of things. You know, when, when you take a look at, at this, this is an interruptive technology. And when an interruptive technology happens, there's great investment opportunity for it. Yeah. Who's going to win or lose? Nobody knows at this point, Okay. Uh, but when you take a look at what AI is doing, its capabilities, um, you know, this is almost think Internet 1998. Think the yeah, invention of yeah. the smartphone, okay? This is brand new stuff. It's think of the invention edge. of the combustible engine. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay? Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is interruptive technology, right? Mm -hmm. And it's out there. It needs to be regulated. But how do you get the horse back in the barn? I mean, there's all kinds of, of dialogue going on around about this and this just really hit at the end of 2022 mm -hmm. you know and and you know there there there's the researchers have 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 said basically they they've put together different models okay uh models to assess the potential effects of of generative ai on the workforce uh oh, and yeah. it was it was <laughs> concluded yep it was concluded that 80 percent of human workers will have at least 10 percent of their tasks affected doesn't mean that their jobs are going away. Affected, 
effective in a good way sometimes, sometimes in a bad way, sure. right? Sure. But think about the collective, the collaborative, instantaneous information that you can obtain. Now, is that information accurate? That's a different question, okay, that, that, that somebody has to ask. But 19% would have would have their ha their tasks affected which which then puts them at, at at a risk and there's a whole list of occupations that this that this research paper goes on that I'm I'm, I'm referring to you know uh, you know on, on what jobs would be enhanced what jobs would be affected and just goes on and on but it does talk about ending up having greater productivity to about to the tune of GDP rising uh, about seven percent which is huge mm -hmm. you know so so people have to understand what's what's going on and the investment opportunity in this space uh, is is uh, pr pretty large as far as that goes let's welcome Greg on the line from Georgia good morning Greg how can I help you hey good morning Larry how you doing I'm doing well hey thanks for all you do uh, I was just I was I'm uh, in the process of maybe selling the PC equipment, and uh, I don't want to just blow the money. And I was looking at some annuities flashed up on my bank bank screen. And I was wondering if you could uh, explain those to me, and what do you think? How does that work? Sure. So, first of all, the purpose of an annuity, Greg, is to deliver a minimum guarantee of income, either immediately today or somewhere down the road no matter what happens in the market, okay? That's the first it, primary investment objective. Then the second thing is, if you're going to put money into an annuity, do you, you have to look at what, what other forms of income you have. You have Social Security. You may have a pension, right? You may have real estate that's giving you a, a stream of income continuously. So after you determine if you need an annuity versus not, then you look to the different types of annuities that are out there. There's basically three or four types of annuities. Now what I'm going to be talking about is what's going to be the engine that drives your money. If you put money into the annuity today, what then is going to be the engine that drives your rate of return? What's going to help it grow? There are fixed annuities, which typically gives you the long-term rate of return of a bank CD. Then there's indexed annuities and buffered annuities. They give you typically the returns of about 4 to 6% long term. Then there's variable annuities, which have sub-accounts in them that act like mutual funds. And those give you the long-term returns of the stock market and bond market. So depending on what type of return you want to get and what type of benefit you want to have, that would be the next step. The third piece of looking at an annuity would be what are the special features that an annuity brings to the table. Some annuities today will give you a buffering where if the market goes down X percent, they eat that first. You know, it could be 5, 10, 15 percent. And then if the market comes back up, you participate in that. But again, those are, are, are middle road. They're 4 to 6, 7 percent long term. Whereas other annuities have, have what they call income protection riders on them. So if the market's going down, your income every year continues to, to increase its base that you would pull off of in the future. So it depends on what your objective is with an annuity. And I would caution to say 
make sure you shop them. Make sure you get with an advisor that understands all the different types of annuities. And let me tell you this, too, okay? I have a lot of friends of mine that are in this industry, and some of them only put their clients in annuities, and some of them never put clients into annuities. I do. I, 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 I'm in the middle there. If I see the need for a client to have an annuity, we'll talk about that and we'll recommend that. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. It just depends on what your need is. So I would say, you know, uh, you really got to shop it based off of what your need is. I'm neither pro nor con on annuities. There, every investment vehicle out there has its specific investment objective, and if your goals match up with that objective, there's nothing wrong with having an annuity. So that being said, I don't know what kind of annuity you're looking at at your bank. Um, uh, you know, are, are they bringing the entire marketplace to the table, or are they restrictive in their offerings? I don't know. But if you wanted to, you know, I'd be happy to, to have one of our advisors take a look at what you're looking at, give you a hand, and maybe help shop the annuity world for you. But first, determine if you need one or not. Because inside annuities, some annuities are more expensive than just regular managed accounts. Your lower-performing annuities don't really have much fees in them, but you're not going to get much growth out of them either long-term. So that's, that's the deal on the annuities, okay? Uh, but at, yes. the same, at the same time, I want you to continue to grow your assets, whether it's right for you or not. So if you want, I'll be happy to put you on hold, and we'll have one of our advisors reach out to you next week and maybe help guide you through the steps of looking at it if you'd like. All right. That sounds good. I, I appreciate you, Larry. Thanks Absolutely. Let me let me pray, pray, place you on hold, Greg. You have a great weekend. Happy Father's Day. Hey, you're listening to Making Money Sense. Dial us up at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123 with any of your financial planning, estate planning, questions, whatever. Uh, I, lo I love Saturday mornings because we bounce all over the place with different subjects and topics. You know, we're talking about inflation today. We're sure talking do. about annuities. We're talking about AI investing. Okay, we're talking about the Secure Act beneficiaries, and, you know, I wish everybody could just sort of see what this chart is with the Secure Act and the IRA beneficiaries, and, and people don't understand that the, the big tax bomb that's facing one of the largest assets that they've ever saved. They need to understand how to navigate through uh, to minimize tax exposures to your heirs, because at, at, at the end of the day, at the end of life, I should say, you're probably going to have money left over. It's probably going to be in an IRA in most people's cases, and then that money is going to go to your heirs, charities, and the IRS. And most people want to have minimal exposure to the IRS. So now we're looking at heirs and charities. Charities are very easy to deal with. But when it goes to the humans, and here's the genesis. Here's here's the, the, the reason we're dealing with this is – Prior to 2000, 2019 and prior, when you left your IRA money to a person, they were allowed to take that money and stretch the income stream over their life expectancy as long as 82.4 years. So if you pass, you can leave your IRA to your kids, your grandkids, and they could stretch that income out for as long as 82.4 years getting income every single year, and as that IRA continues to grow tax-deferred, their income continues to rise and rise and rise. But the language, the debate around the SECURE Act was, 
wait a minute, this is your retirement savings. You save this money for your retirement, not for your kids or your grandkids. So they took that lifetime ability to stretch it, and they truncated it down to just 10 years. There was talk about doing away with altogether, but I'm glad they gave us the 10-year mark on it. But there's three or four gotcha rules in this 10-year scenario that people need to be aware of. And that's what the purpose of our our webinar was this past week. It's really tough uh, to understand all these different rules. Um, I I mean, we've got a list of like 20, 25 different things that, that you need to know about your IRAs at this particular point in time. And so, so we're going to be continuing to talk about this more and more. Americans need to get educated on this tax change. Uh, I still have people saying, well, this is the rule, blah, blah, blah. And I'm going, no, that changed a few years ago. This is now the new rule. And they get wide-eyed, and they're going, what are you talking about? I'm, you know, I'm not aware of this. And a lot of people aren't aware of this. So we're going to continue to talk about it from time to time. And the, what you need to do as an investor is pull out your IRAs, take a look at who your beneficiaries are. If it's a trust, your beneficiary, or to people, now you have different sets of rules. And here's the deal on the trust work. If your IRA is directed to your trust as a beneficiary, your trust is beneficiary of your IRA, you need to pull out your trust and make sure that the trust has updated language to work in congruency with the SECURE Act 2.0 requirements from a tax perspective, okay? Two types of trust, accumulative and pass-through or conduit trust. And, and, and it's very important that you really understand all of this. So, so uh, and this is why we, we've been doing this for years with our clients. We, every year or two, we do an automatic IRA beneficiary updates and things like that. And people are really starting to see the light in this and, and really what's, what's happened with the SECURE Act changes on all of this. So if you have questions on that, give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. But I'm telling you, anybody who has an IRA needs to pull out their forms and look to see who their beneficiaries are. Uh, We've got a lot of calls during the week on this. Feel free to give our office a call. It's the same 800 number, 855-ROSE-123. Be happy to send you out information on all of this stuff that we're just talking about. So, uh, So, you know, now that we're talking about taxes, already starting to do some tax planning for 2026, Chris. 2026. Wait, 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 wait. It's still 2023, right? I mean, I'm just I know. Just I know. It's 2023, and we need to be looking down the road and, like I could say, around the corner at 2026. The reason why is your Irma tax. Who's Irma? That's right. And Irma, right? Your Irma tax, right? It's your Medicare tax. Oh, if you Or Medicare premiums, I should say. Not a tax, it's a premium, right? But it's an increase. So is it a fee, a raise, and whatever? It's more money, right? So, so Irma determines how much you have to pay in your Medicare premiums. And it's a two-year look back. So 2023, in 2026, they will be looking at your 2024 tax return. So now we have to start planning already for what your Medicare premiums could go up to in 2026 by getting ready to stay underneath those limits in 2024, Mm. which is only six months away, okay? And in 2026, 
the 22% bracket goes to 25, 24 goes to 28, and it just keeps going all the way up. Top bracket then gets back up to 39.6. That's going to okay. get painful, painful really quick. It is. So, so you know, there's a lot of tax issues it, with retired people, okay, that, that people are not aware of. And when you look at doing financial planning from an after-tax perspective, a net planning perspective, this is what we what we run into. So, you know, we're halfway through the year right now. And I said, all right, we're bringing this thing out now because it's a two-year look back on this IRMA tax. Those of you that are on Medicare, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Okay, and that is your, your extra premiums could be subject to that. Hey, we've got to take a quick break here. Let's keep the phone lines open. Dial us up this morning on this Father's Day weekend. Give us a call at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment with more of your Making Money Sense. Listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855 Rose 123. That's 855 767 3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. another money minute with larry rosenthal so many different ways to invest money lump sum deposits buy and hold market timing how about dollar cost averaging put the same amount of money into the same investment at every interval whether it's monthly quarterly annually whatever it may be this gives you the greatest opportunity to get the average price over the long term of the investment because one of the secrets to creating wealth is the acquisition of shares you want to keep buying more and more shares over time on the flip side, when you're in your retirement years and you want to distribute dollars to yourself for income, do the same thing in reverse. Dollar cost average out during your retirement years. Get started with your financial plan today at LarryRosenthal.com or call right now for the Financial Planning Toolkit. 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Welcome back to the Larry Rosenthal Show, 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123 with Larry Rosenthal live here in the studio today. And it's been it's been fun so far, but you've been talking about years in the future, and I was like, oh, wait a minute. All this stuff is coming down the pike. Should I be scared, you know? I mean, don't right? be scared. As long as you plan, right? As long as you get everything planned out. And planning helps. Yeah. Planning helps. But we're all in this together, Chris. Oh, good, good. So you I know, can... we are. And and the deal is, you know, just what I said earlier is, is you've got to look at your your financial planning, your investment management monies from from a net after tax and inflation perspective, mm-hmm. because the key is just maintaining purchasing power. You know, you, you've heard, you know, my mom used to tell me, oh, I used to go to the movies on a quarter and spend all day there, right? <laughs> yes, you did. You know, now you can't even get a gumball for a quarter, right? <laughs> so, so, so think about the cost of goods. Think about that, the purchasing power. And, you know, when, when you take a look at, there's something called ownership and loanership dollars, and there's a division there. 
loanership dollars is like when you take money and you go to the bank and you make a deposit, what does the bank do with that money? They take it and reinvest it. They do. And they reinvest it at a higher rate than they're paying you. If you bought a bond from a, from a, from a company, let's suppose XYZ company says, hey, I'm going to sell a bond. I need to raise capital. I'm going to sell a bond. You're lending them money. You're giving them money that they can then take and invest in doing whatever their operations are to grow their firm, to grow their entity, right? So you're lending them money, hence the term loanership dollars. Well, when you take a look at bank products, CDs, money market accounts, passbook savings, you know, and cash and cash equivalents, treasury bills, bonds, notes, things of that nature, they're all considered loanership dollars. In other words, historically, long term, they usually pay less than 6%. Hmm. Okay? And if you need to make 8.3% on your money to outpace taxes and inflation long term, so somebody who's in a 28% tax bracket, basically, depending on inflation rates, you need, you're looking at 8.3% long term. Well, where do you get long term performance over 6, 7, 8%? And that's traditionally in the stock market, right? Now, the stock market goes up and down. People don't like that, so you have to have a balance. But long term, you need to outpace taxes and inflation, and you're looking at that, that approximate 8.3% return. Now, it, it, it needs to be adjusted for inflation each year and your own personal tax bracket and all that kind of stuff. But, but on the average, that's about what it is. That'll enable you to net a 2% realized rate of return after taxes and inflation, and that will enable you to maintain your purchasing power throughout your lifetime. That is the key right there is the maintaining of your purchasing power. It's not competition with the stock market or with your friends down the street. It's competition with your own financial plan looking to see if you're maintaining your own purchasing power. Hey, let's welcome Terry on the line from Maryland. Good morning, Terry. How are you today? Good, and you? I'm doing well. How can I help you? Um, I have a question about um, the TSP. Um, I just retired, and I'm trying to figure out. Um, I have a little pamphlet I got in the mail there. I haven't finished reading it, and it was talking about three different choices that you can do with it, but I wanted to find out, is there a limit on the time that I have to do this? No. You can leave your money at the TSP if you choose to, Okay. When you turn 73 or 75, depending on if you turn uh, right now, if you turn 73, you'll have to start taking required minimum distributions from the TSP, okay? But you can leave the money there. There is no time frame that you have to roll the dollars out. Now, once you get to the required minimum distribution age, which is 73, and then in 2033, it changes to 75, once you get to that age and the TSP is then giving you your required minimum distributions, uh, Terry, you're not going to like it so much. The TSP traditionally is a good accumulation program. It's not so efficient as far as delivering income or withdrawals in and out and things like that. So there are four things that you can do with, that, with money at an old employer. You can leave it where it is. You can pull it out and spend it and pay taxes on it all. You can roll it to a new employer, or you can roll it over to your own IRA. 
And you could also do a, a Roth conversion, five things that you can do with it. Um, a lot of times people, for various reasons, will look to move it to their own IRA. And, and one of the reasons why is, is not only do you have a, a larger breadth, a larger menu of investment choices, but you also can invest, especially in the TSP, in, in some of the same things that the TSP offers right there. Uh, but, you know, you, you look at what your needs are and you boil it down and then you take a look. Do, is it in your best interest to leave it at the TSP or to move it somewhere else? Um, but but to answer your question specifically, there is no clock ticking against you to, that you have to roll the money over, okay? Okay. And if you want, I'll, I'll have somebody uh, reach out to you and, and, sh and show you, you know, the, the benefits of leaving it, moving it, and all that kind of stuff, and show you the four or five options that you're, that you're allowed to do with it, okay? Okay, great. Thank yep. you. Let me put you on hold, and Bob will get your contact information, and we'll have someone reach out to you next week. So appreciate the phone call, Terry. Have a great weekend. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123, 855-767-3123. With any of your financial planning, estate planning, whatever questions you may have today. Speaking of estate planning, Chris, there's some new numbers out this year on estate planning and kind of interesting numbers from the standpoint of what are we doing, you know? Mm. There's always there's always articles that come out and say, you know, hey, these famous people died without a will, died without a trust, died without beneficiary forms, or died with their, you know, their prior spouses on the beneficiary forms. Ouch. And all kinds of issues out there, you know? And when you take a look at it here, two out of three Americans still don't have a will. This is post-COVID, despite the uh, uh, pandemic that we just came out of. So 67% of people do not have a will mm. in, in, the, in the country. 56% of Americans said that, that having a will or a living trust is very important to them. So over half the people are saying it's very important to them, but yet two-thirds of the people don't have one. <laughs> Huh, that's a conundrum, isn't it? That's that's interesting. Forty percent of Americans cite the reason that they don't have it is because of the procrastination, mm -hmm. um, which I understand. It's a tough thing, you know. And and I want to just break that down and explain what we do to help people see that it's not that hard. When you're talking about doing a will, maybe a trust, and you get into all kinds of conversations. And you sit down with attorneys, and they, they talk to you about different things. And, and sometimes it, it's confusing, it's hard to understand, and it's a little frightening, and it's a little intimidating, too. Who do I leave what to? Do I, you know, what, what do I do? Well, let me explain to you. We've come up with a process in our firm that really helps people get these thoughts together in their families. And all we do is something very simple. We just say, on a piece of paper, write down the different assets, your home, your real estate, your cars, your bank accounts, your investment accounts. Just write them all down. And then on the other side of the piece of paper or, you know, on the next, next line over, you know, divide the paper in half. Uh, you know, so you got one column on the left and one column on the right. Start writing down names, names of people that you would consider leaving assets to. And then start drawing lines across that paper from asset number three. I want it to go to person number four. And on that line, write the percentage down. Think about it for a while, okay? Think about it for a week, a couple of weeks, a couple of months. 
Go back and review what you did. It's very, very easy. Then draw a line across the bottom of the page and consider next generation. Maybe the next generation hasn't been born yet, or maybe they have. My point is this, is once you collectively sit down and draw that diagram out for you and your family, that's 95% of the entire estate plan right there. Then you take that information to the attorney, and then he or she will then put it into the legal terms inside of a will, a trust, whatever the scenario is. But a lot of times the reason that 40% of Americans have procrastination on this is they don't understand and they're intimidated by the entire process. And this is a very easy way to do this, okay? You just simply write these things down like that, and then that's what we take to the attorney's office. And it makes it a lot easier, Chris. It really, really does. So I have a kit here that's called Basics in Estate Planning. If you'd like to get a copy of it, shoot us an email. Go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com. Happy to send it out to you. Not a problem. Or just give us a call at 855-ROSE-123, and we'll be happy to send you out the kit for Basics in Estate Planning. You know, we, we really need to take a look at, at all the assets we have there there's there's and, and we talk a lot about this every week on the show yeah. and that's what our whole in, industry does you know the accumulation process of growing your assets the distribution process of pulling those assets back to you during retirement years and then the legacy planning of it when you're in heaven you no longer need these assets anymore right where are they going to go and how are they going to go there and now with the secure act 2.0 there's a little bit more of a tax bomb <laughs> facing us than what a lot of people realize that it's really important to to understand how to minimize those types of effects as far as that goes you know the bible is filled with knowledge in all different areas and especially in in money is one of the areas too and if you take a look in James uh chapter 1 uh verse 23 but don't just listen to God's word. You must do it, uh, do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves, you know, and, and take heed, you know, on, on what the Lord says with all of our assets, with our relationships with people, with our assets and money, and just the whole nine yards. Uh, it's pretty, pretty important as far as that goes. So we will be making another announcement on our next webinar coming up. We usually take the summers off, but I tell you, there's so you much information. You can off? Come on. Yeah, we usually don't do the webinars in the summer or seminars, but you know, we 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 had such such a response to this one this past week. We're That's probably awesome. gonna probably gonna do one here in July. So if you want to get on our on our email distribution list, go to my website LarryRosenthal.com, and shoot us off an email uh, saying that you want to register for the next webinar, get on the list, or just sign up for our our weekly market commentary, and then you'll get information on that as well. Uh, when, when, we're, when we're doing that. Right now, for those of you that are watching on LarryRosenthal.tv on YouTube, we've got our QR code up there. It'll take you right to our website. Sign up for our newsletter. Follow us on Facebook and on uh, YouTube as well so that you can get all the latest updated information. We really want to continue to provide financial education to everyone out there. I think everybody deserves the right for that and the need for it in all facets of financial planning and wealth management. So, Wish everybody a happy Father's Day, okay, this weekend. You know, it's going to be good. I see a big smile on Bob's face. I can imagine there's going to be some kids and baseball involved with that. Oh, yeah. You know, and same for Chris. Happy Father's Day to you too, Chris. Thank you, sir. And thank you, you both again. Yep. So happy Father's Day to everyone out there. 
If you have any questions during the week, then give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123, or go to our website and uh, send us off an email with anything that you've heard on the show that you'd like to get a copy of. So for Bob in the Back and Chris McKay, I'm Larry Rosenthal. Have a wonderful Father's Day weekend. We'll be back next Saturday with another session. The Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.